of course, I wasn't the first person to know, oh, Post Malone's this great musician. I wasn't the first person, dear. I'm sure there was other people around before I got there. I was the first person with a, a mind of business. I was the first person that looked at this visionary, like, how are we going to build this into a brand? Mm. How are people going to take this brand seriously? How, when I look at this, so so fun and games, and we can all, like, say this is cool, but who's going to really grip it by the, 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 the scruff of the neck and or put the, the, the what do you call this again? Um, headlock. Who's going to put it in a headlock and, and carry it with you? And kind of like, no, anyone could say what they want, but that's what I did. I looked at Post and I said, I'm going to put Post in the headlock and we're going to go together and we're going to take over the world and no one's stopping me. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor, Tristan Almada. The show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. Post Malone is one of those musicians that is just everywhere. And the man putting him there is his manager, Dre London. He holds multiple Manager of the Year awards and has a spot on the Billboard Power 100. Now we get into some of the lessons he's learned along the way, which will definitely help you in achieving your goals, your dreams, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. I know I learned a lot from this one. So listen in. It's powerful. Hi, Tristan. Hi, Tristan. What's up? How's it going? How are you guys? I'm good. Tristan, what are you using? The high def of the high def camera? Like I know high yeah. def on high def. Yo, what is that? Like 3D of HD of 3D? <laughs> Yo. Dude, I do this all day. So I have to have like a camera hookup set up to my laptop and computer. But oh, it looks like we're on Turk. We're in the highest broadcast studio. Like your camera's sharp. I can see every hair strand. Like <laughs> But can you see my nose hair? That's the thing. <laughs> What's up, dude? You're in you're in LA, bro. I'm in LA. I'm in Malibu. You're in LA too? Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, Malibu. Yeah, no, bro. I love Malibu. I didn't even know you guys was in LA. I didn't know you were so local, bro. We would have done this together. Yeah, I thought you was in New York, but uh yeah. I thought you were in London. I was like, is this guy, is this guy in England? Is this an okay time for him? <laughs> nah, no, no London, bro. I left London 13 years ago, I think. 13, 14 years ago. I was just there. I just came back um two, three weeks ago. Was it? I don't know. Two, three weeks ago. I'm traveling with time. But I was like, it was really, it was a, a big eye opener for me going back to London. Really? Week. Why? I always go back to London, but I haven't been there because of the pandemic. And stuff. I haven't been there for like two years, but it was just a very big eye opener this time because I, every time I go, I don't always see my grandma and go back to where I came from. And yes, last 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 trip, I did, I did just that, and it just it's just an eye opener, bro. You ever you ever go back where you came from, and and especially if it's another country, or I'm not saying England is a third world country, but like. If it's another country or you went through, you came from nowhere or came from nothing to something, when you go back to where you came from, it just, it, it gives you this, this sense of um, fulfillment, if that makes sense. It gives you this sense of like, okay, this is the reminder you needed. This is the smack in the face to remind you like, okay, keep going. 
keep going, keep going. Because sometimes you you get not complacent, but you just wake up every day working, 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 working. And unless you see the past in front of your eyes for you to see, like it's, it's like sometimes you take one step back, it helps you get three steps further, if that makes sense. Dude, so, that makes that makes total sense. Yeah, so it just kind of just woke me up in a certain way because I went back to the street I grew up on. Like, like you know how older people, like my grandma, like our, our mothers, they don't want to move. They want to stay in the same area. They don't want to leave. They don't want to leave. They don't want to yeah. like, for them, it's just like comfortability. And then for us, we go back and I'm like, oh, wow. I was so glad that I got out of this comfortability zone. Yeah. Because you go back and people are doing the same thing they was doing five, six, seven or more years ago. And you start thinking to yourself, if I didn't make this move, would I be still doing the same things that everyone was doing seven years ago, eight years ago? Do you know what I mean? Dude, that's, I mean, that's a perfect start to where I wanted to go with this. So, <laughs> I mean, so, Dre, we, we get to interview some some awesome people just like you, right? Different fields, because we want to bring just all these different ideas from different verticals to entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and you're an entrepreneur, right? Yes. And and you've done it your way. And I wanted to just, first off, when I was doing research on you, holy cow, man, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. So great job, bro. Great, amazing job. Thank you. The ability for you to continue to grow was, it just stood out to me. I was reading one piece and I was reading another. And the, the first thing I wanted to ask you was, how do you how do you position yourself to be able to continually take advantage of what you see as an opportunity? How how is it that you're like, okay, this is good, let's go? Because not everybody is in that position to be able to jump into it as quickly. How is it that you've been able to do that quicker? That's a great question. Um, I think the first thing is instincts. I think it's the, it's the gut feeling and the instincts of like every, every winner, I'm not saying I'm a winner, but every winner has a gut instinct. Even LeBron James, Michael Jordan, um, Mike Tyson, like every champion has this gut feeling to take a risk when others won't if that makes sense. And sometimes yeah. I just see opportunity or I see things that some people want. Um, a few years ago, one of my pals came with me to look at this house that I was going to buy. The house looked like a piece of it looked like a dump. He said he couldn't believe that I walked in this house in five, six minutes, looked around and said, I want it. I walked out and left. I left everybody looking at the house, what? viewing da, 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 in five, six minutes. That same house today, two mm -hmm. years ago, Two, two and a half, two and a half years ago, before, no, maybe three because we had pandemic. So definitely two years ago, I went in and bought this house for a million dollars. I spent 750,000 on it. The house is now worth 3.9 million and be remortgaged and coming today. And he's looking at a five bedroom house, two, uh, one guest house at the front, one guest house at the back. He's like, how did you see this? So this is a prime example of what you're saying. Like he said he would not have been able to see what I see in five, six minutes of walking in. It's kind of like what you're asking right now. It's like, just something inside of me. I, I see things that others won't. And that's what entrepreneurs do. They see things in, in, a, in a space where others might not 
find an advantage from that space. They might not see where that door open could take you to. They'll just say, man, it's cool. But like, for me, I see the whole horizon. Like I looked at the building, mm. I looked around, I looked at the space in the back. I'm like, okay, this house is a piece of shit, but if I knock it down and build a whole new house and have the back with the pool and this and that, the house is going to look glamorous. Two years later, people are looking like, wow, like people, the neighbors are walking by like, oh my God, like it's a museum piece. But dude, where, I, what city is was this in? In Studio City. Oh, but, damn, man. That's nice. But like, it's, 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 it's hard to explain when you see these, like just, I, I like to look down the line. I like to, I don't know, visionary is probably the word for it. Like I like to look and vision stuff from afar and well, man, Drake, my career, because people said, oh, you left London in 2008. A lot of people thought I left the UK. They was like, what's this guy going to America? He ain't a Yankee, like from England. He didn't <laughs> need to go to America. Like, why? Like, but they didn't see what I saw in the future. It's hard to explain. I didn't even know what I was going to be or what I wanted. I just looked at the music business back in the day and I love music. And I just said, I'm going to be one of the biggest in the music business. I didn't say I'm going to be a big manager. I didn't say I'm going to be an agent. I didn't say I'm going to be a tour. This, I didn't say, I just looked at it and said, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to be one of the biggest in, in, in the entertainment industry. And the place I need to go to figure this out is where entertainment lives in America. People are like, this guy's crazy. This guy's crazy. People in the UK for all was crazy. After six years of being in New York, then people in New York thought I was crazy going to LA. They were mm -hmm. like, where's this guy going? Like, and I looked at them like, hold on, I left a country behind and went to New York. And then I'm leaving from New York going to LA. You guys are making it seem like it's the biggest trip of my life. This is like the most <laughs> important. And, and I can't explain it. Just the vision from that just helps, helps everything. Like it's, it's, it's weird to explain, but you just got to be a visionary. That's the, the main thing that I would say that, that, that's helped me make those kind of decisions. I feel like there's there's an urgency inside of you as you're even talking to me. There's like, I've got to do this now because it's almost going to be like, it's too late if I don't start now. When I was reading, I'm like, that's how you came up with during the pandemic. What was it? On mm -hmm. Live? Correct. One of the things you said was like, look, if we don't do it now, somebody else is going to take the opportunity. And I was like... There's an urgency there. So talk to me about that because a lot of entrepreneurs have that. They're like, we got to do this now. Tell me, tell me that feeling. So I had this idea for Ox Life and I didn't, it, it was called, it was so crazy. I knew I wanted to have my own streaming service, but I'm not like, oh, I'm Spotify, I'm Tidal. I'm, I, I wanted to, to have a visual streaming service. And I fought this idea from before the pandemic, but because the pandemic, everyone started getting used to looking at their phones, I started getting under pressure. Because in the beginning, I, I, I had this idea and it was so, if you think of, if, if I tell you the name, you'll laugh, but like in my head, I was just thinking pay-per-view, pay-per-view, pay-per-view. And this mm. is like 2019, I had this idea and I was telling Post, I'm like, Post, do you know I have this idea that's crazy that you could go and do the Roxy? And it was after we finished touring across America. I was like, bro, we just sold out arenas, like 18,000 people, 20,000, 18,000 around the whole country. Damn. Do you know that I got this idea that you could go and do a show at the Roxy and we could charge $10 for each person to Now it sounds normal, but bro, I'm telling you in 2019, 2018, 19, when I had this idea, 
No one was thinking of it. I was looking at Asia and looking at what people were doing in, in China and they were looking at phones and looking at live shows already mm-hmm. in 2019. So when I was doing the research, because I was moving so fast, I wasn't able to develop. Developing tech is it's a lot. So the pandemic came and I remember my idea because at first I wanted to call it pay-per-view club. It sounds stupid, but I was like, eh, I can't call it this because it's like Google doesn't, Google isn't called search me. You understand? <laughs> That's true. That's so, a good point. So I'm like, pay-per-view club, you're telling people what you want them to do. You can't actually tell people like, hey, pay to view. Like they don't want to feel like that. So that's yeah. not how it works. So I had to come up with this, this sort of idea in between a pandemic when everyone was watching live. We did a show um, during the pandemic with Post where he was, um, he covered Navarra. And it was crazy. And Howard Stern, all these people went crazy about it. Like people who would not normally talk about Post Malone started talking about this, like how good it was and how, because everybody was home looking at their phone. So after this show, I was even more under pressure because this show was like a test for me looking at the live world. And we did it free on YouTube. We had over a million people watching. It was Whoa. like 250 to 300,000 people consecutive at one time watching and it just really hit me hard then that I have to be, I, like you said, now, now, now. If I don't do this now, someone else is going to come out of it. So yeah. I kind of looked at all the different models. I looked at Netflix, Amazon Prime. I looked at all these things. I said, there is not one streaming platform for live entertainment. Yeah, there isn't. I, I looked at it and said, I'm going to build the Netflix of life. And, that was brilliant, dude. Yeah, bro. It, it was it, it was a big journey. It cost a lot of money during a pandemic. I was questioning myself halfway through. <laughs> as, you know, as you do as, as an entrepreneur, as you do, I was questioning myself halfway through. Like, I hope I'm making the right decision. Okay, it's too late now. No turning back. Six figures in, two, three hundred thousand in. I'm like, okay, there's no turning back. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> but I had people around me that was just like posts. Post said to me, bro, this is genius. Like, you came up with this by yourself. Like, he's like, bro, you're on a roll. And like, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, I just looked at the pandemic and said, this needs to be now. And even if things is going back to normal, mm-hmm. no one can, not everyone can see one show. It doesn't matter how many people, there's so many people in the world. Not everyone can see one show. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at like the Brazilian artists I know, Spanish artists, the Latin market. Then I started saying, hold on. I can now show live on a Thursday night and you can click the channel and you're watching a live show in Brazil. You're watching a live show in Australia, a live show in London, a live show in LA. Now we're bringing comedy and I'm talking to D-Ray and had a conversation with Dave Chappelle last night. Like it's about this whole platform. And for them, there's never, could you believe there's never been a live comedy show ever? Like no one has sat down on your phone on your laptop, on your TV, on your smart TV, all of these places are able to see a live comedy show. So I, I just felt like I'm bringing something different to the table. Not everyone's got time to sit down and watch TV. We're always on the go. So everyone has this in their hand. It's yeah. the most powerful thing in the world. So if I can watch a live show on my phone, on my laptop, on my TV, mm-hmm. from one of the OTT services, and and or on my even on my on my Xbox, you can watch Arts Life. <laughs> I, just like, I just felt like we're we're hitting a different zone. We're hitting 
a different market. People really want to see live shows again. People can't wait to see live shows again. It's not, it's not going to, even when things get back to normal, not everyone's, the tickets go on sale, it's going to be sold out. Like everyone can't be in the same place at the same time. So for me, I just wanted to put, plug in a component that we can all feel like we're watching a live show. And if you're not, if you're not watching the pay-per-view live show, we then have another service, which is just like Netflix, where you can watch previous shows. We have documentaries. We have the Rolling Stones, the first time they ever came to New York. Like, if you see this documentary of the Rolling Stones and how Mick Jagger and how they came into New York, and it was like, swoop New York. You see, like, young ladies drinking wine, this, that, in the streets. Like, just things that we've never seen in our generation that they need to see, and they need to understand how we got here today. So... I kind of like curated, not kind of, I curated yesterday and today all in one place that people can watch, learn, and experience live from the from the comfort of their home, in the car, wherever they are in the world. And I just, it seems like I hit a niche and no one has it before. I've had calls from Amazon, um, a few, I don't want to say, but a few companies really, really interested in like, hold on. this. It makes sense, man. You're, you're piecing it all together. Take me through the journey of what happens after you thought this through and you're like, this can work. Who did you reach out to first to start growing this and actually putting it into play? Because I find that entrepreneurs, they have to find the right people and pieces to make it happen. What did you do? I kind of... I, it sounds crazy, but like, I just put my team together. I just started building the team. Like, you're right. It sounds like it's easier said than done, but I just started putting the team together and speaking to people who had experience in these places. Like um, the other day I was talking to Mark Randolph about it. He's one of the co-founders of Netflix. And he was telling me how much of a great idea it was. I was talking to Ben, who used to be one of the guys who had headed ABC News, and then he was working at Disney, and like even he was saying, "This is genius." So I felt it out from people who's in that space to kind of like see how it would be. And if you know how many streaming platforms have come and gone in this time, because people think that you can just have a link, and people's going to sit there and wait for the link. Hey, we have a live show. Here's the link and sit there waiting for the countdown. That's not how it works. Like. We have a live show. We have a live show. You're watching another show on the television before there's a live show. Yeah. It's like we're taking the sports side of things, if that makes sense, but making it live. We've we've done maybe six festivals so far. And the experience of people being able to watch a festival from their own home. I had people in London hitting me, like calling me saying, wow, this is genius, bro. I'm in London. I feel like I'm in Utah watching High Fest. (laughs) I'm just, it's, 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 it's kind of brought people closer together in a time when people have to stay apart. And I, I don't know, it's just things I seem to touch. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I know it sounds, sounds crazy, but like, I just really do a lot of research in before I go hands-on in something because you only have one name and you can't do too many things. You have to be able to fill the right things. And you know, energy and timing is everything. And for Ox Live, mm. the energy and timing was perfect. Dude, that the is a really good timing. quote. Yeah, energy and the timing was was everything. Like, it's, you know with energy and timing when things are right. You'll know if the timing's right. You can't force something. And when it starts to come into place organically, that's when I feel like it's time. Yeah, well, you did an excellent job on this one, dude. I want to see its growth. It's just, it's so cool to see. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is cool. Damn. Yeah, no idea. Most people have no idea. They're like, what? 
This guy did what? And it's for all ages. If you if you go onto the platform, you see it. It's not for young guys or young girls. It's for like all ages. You could be 60 years old, 70 years old and looking at Oxlime, or you could be 15 to 20 years old and looking at Sean Oxlime, and still there's something there for you. And it's growing. As I said, it's growing. Next year, it's going to be even more bigger. We did it. We launched in a pandemic. We just got through phase one. We're about to be in phase two. Um, I'm liking it, man. We're doing comedy. We're going to have like rebranding. It's like McDonald's, bro. McDonald's, when they first came with the Golden Arches, it looked one way, but by the time the years 10, 15 years later, them Golden Arches look like gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It looks different, man. So I love that. Gary, one of the questions you get asked often, and I want to ask it here for our audience, is where did you come up with the name Dre London? Tell me that story. It was funny because the person who came up with the name um, always tries to claim it. And, and it's just really funny. Like, I think, I don't know, six months ago, he might have said, you remember who named you? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> That's there's funny. An artist, there's an artist called French Montana. Okay. Yeah, that I met in 2007 when I moved to New York. He was coming up um, in the hip-hop game at the same time as um, your Nicki Minaj's, your, I wouldn't say Lil Wing was already big, but like there was like a certain influx of artists at this time. I call it the artists that were rapping on the staircase. <laughs> the, the artists that were rapping outside the building. Yeah. There was no YouTube even if there was, no one was using YouTube at this time. True. Everyone was watching DVDs. Like hip hop was di being distributed through DVDs. And it was kind of like a very big moment for me because I met French Montana and he used to just be like, yo, you know Dre? London Dre? You know Dre from London? And it just started clicking all of a sudden. Dre, London, London Dre. I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> it makes sense to just start running with it, like put it yeah. together as Dre. And he really is the person who named that. During the time while he was coming up with the Nicki Minaj's of the world and so many others that was rapping on DVDs at this time. And like before there was any world star, before there was any YouTube, um, it was one of those eras where, I don't know, like I just, just had to, it, it was a part of branding and it just came together so well. And then everyone just started saying Dre London. It just, it just fit so well. Well, I think that that shows also that the instinct that you were talking about, right? You grab onto something, you're like, this this makes sense, right? So for me, I heard it right away. I was like, this makes beautiful sense. I also as well, I didn't want, I, everyone doesn't need to call you by your government name if you're in the entertainment business. <laughs> <laughs> I need to change my name, Dre. I need to change my name. <laughs> <laughs> everyone doesn't need to call you by your government name and then entertainment business you know? oh that's good man all right so there was one thing i was reading which was um not a surprise but i, I want to jump into it you mentioned that as you get into new york you jump into this whole music scene you start making things happen but then you're starting to see that you're getting cut out of certain things and i thought damn every entrepreneur has that moment or a few moments before they're like, what's happening? I can't have this happen anymore. What was happening and how did you pivot so that you learned from that? At the time, it's so funny because you're mentioning the same era. So it's kind of a good question to question. It was around the same era. And um, I felt like because I, okay, maybe not. 
because sometimes I had this thing with because I came from uh, come from another country. Some people might feel like, ah, uh, what's he talking about? Does this guy know what he's talking about? He's not American. Like, does he understand the music business? Does he even know how it works? And in my head, I'm like, this is going to sound really like, I don't know. In my head, I'm like, okay, I come around, I walk in the room, like, oh, you idiots think you know what you're doing? I'm going to show you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, it sounds crazy, but like, that's what it was. And like, I had to prove myself to people who thought they knew what they were doing already not understanding that I looked on the outside in of this and really studied the space I'm in. So like, I, I'm just conscious of so many things, even walking into a room, how energy shifts from one person to another. The energy when I walk in the room is not the same as the other people who were in the room. I know this, I, I know the power I possess in my mind. So when these things was happening, I, I don't know, like, the best way I could explain it is, is at the time, I didn't know that it was teaching me something and that I was going to pivot because everything we go through is an experience that we learn from. And I didn't know that I was learning at the time. I felt frustrated because this is what basically happened. So I moved to New York. I started making music. I, I built this music studio and I introduced people to each other, like French Montana to this um, producer, da, da, da. And... I didn't know the power I possessed in, in terms of like my brain until when you connect things together. And when you, the, the most important thing for any entrepreneur today is stay genuine and stay organic and stay on course and don't let anyone else take you off of it. Because I wasn't thinking about money at the time. I wasn't looking at money. I wasn't trying to earn. I was just trying to piece things together that I thought could work. So I put together um this this producer and this artist i put them both together start working but i was not thinking about money i was not looking at how how i'm gonna make money from this in the, in the long run i wasn't thinking of oh i'm gonna do something that's gonna earn other people money i wasn't even looking mm -hmm. at it like that i was just looking at like if i put these two things together we can all win or someone can win. we could there's something together and I knew it worked when the records that we started making was sounding insane. And then the first record, this record called New York Minute, ended up on Hot 97 on the radio in, in New York. So for a guy from London that came back all this time ago, that came from London all this time ago and came into the music business from people that didn't think that I was, I don't know, I'm saying not ready, just I didn't know what I was doing. So all of a sudden now we have a record everyone's jumping up and down and getting excited for that's on the radio. And I'm like, hmm, does everyone understand how this happened? I don't <laughs> think they do. No, this is pretty real. I don't think you really understand how this happened. And I don't know if everyone involved knows that I piece this and piece this together and this will not happen if I didn't piece it together. And it doesn't sound cocky. It's like kind of confident that I set back feeling like the taste of success for the first time just like Success Magazine, I felt the taste of success. It wasn't success because I didn't have it in my pocket. I felt the first notion of success was like, I, mm. like I, I knew if I put these two together, if I put this together, that this is going to make this magic. And if, if pushed right, that it's going to be magic. So bro, they started working, things started happening, and it started, they started growing. Like, like, the relationship started growing. 
music was getting bigger. The, the music that they were making together was becoming a smash. And in my head, I was thinking, hold on. One of you or two of you, didn't get, one of you didn't want to work with each other. Like it was hard enough for you both together to work. And now you guys are working and steamrolling ahead. Uh, remember me? Hey, ah, guys. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey guys. Yeah, you remember the little guy? The guy, you know. <laughs> and this is going to sound, and I, I don't want it to sound in a certain way. And these, the, the people involved could even watch this interview and probably will be or might be in the future. And today, this story means more. If you even asking this question, this story means more to me today because back then I felt left out. I felt like the stepchild. I felt like the guy who was on the outside trying to fit in when I was the person who put the fit in. So you know what? That kind of gave me a smack in the face of what we have. I earned no money. These people earned money. The two of them earned money together. Yeah. They not one, not even today, not one of them turned around and said, hey, here's five dollars. This was a great thing. This was brilliant. Um, here's five dollars or here's ten dollars. We made a hundred thousand dollars or whatever they made, it yeah. doesn't matter. No one turned around and gave me any credit for it. No one turned around, but it was the biggest eye-opener in my life. Without that moment, would I be where I am today? Because that yeah. was like the punch in the face where I was like, okay, okay. That's how you don't get effed. Do you understand? Like that's, this, yeah. you had to get, the entrepreneur has to learn that moment where you got effed and you just had to bite your lip. Because if you didn't, you would look like that in this, in this situation. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Cause it turns around to like, you come from hero to zero and then you start talking about a screen. All of a sudden you look like the, you're like, what the, how am I the bad guy in the middle of this? But yeah. today I look at this situation and it, it gave me the, the the it gave me the notion. It gave me the impact I needed at that time to keep my head down. Get your head down and keep going. Don't even look at it. Don't even think about it. Don't dwell on it. Okay, cool. I'm happy. They did this. They did this together. It's great. What's funny is, I don't know, uh, seven, eight years later, they both turn around and look at me like you said, like, what? Like, how the, what the, like, now they both are like, wow, the, the same two guys that were making money and doing what they were doing, it sounds kind of cocky. I don't mean to be in a rude way, but they will watch this interview today and be in awe because they don't make as money, much money as me today. And not even, <laughs> not even, not in a day, not even in a day. And I mean, both of them put together, couldn't even make as much money as me in a year. I don't mean in a cocky way, but I felt that satisfaction today. That's my satisfaction today. Like, hold on, you guys were thinking I was a joke, or you guys were thinking you was the and you was doing you was doing. You wasn't really contemplating my feelings at the time. But guess what? I keep my head down and keep going. Years later, I'm the success story, and they don't even think like it's not even. I look like this big tall mountain when before I was looking at them like there was this mountain, but it wasn't. We were all on the same level, all on the same part. They yeah. went here, left me here, didn't think about pulling me up. So I had to put my head down and keep going so I could be bigger than everything. Bigger than, it's hard to explain, but sometimes you just gotta have this thing inside of you that makes you learn from every little thing like that. These are all experiences that can take us 
somewhere tomorrow. But if you don't learn from your experiences today, you will not be able to travel tomorrow. You won't go anywhere. You're going to stay in the same zone. Dre, you bring up a great point because some people, as they're they're growing in any business, they encounter this, a similar situation in their field that you did. And instead of just focusing in on why they're doing this, which your your reason to succeed was just so ingrained in you that you're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just keep going. I just got screwed. Let's focus on the outcome at the end. Um, some people don't do that. They replay that moment over and over. But instead of it motivating them, it hurts them. Yes, correct. That's how, right. How did I don't you? Know how patient. You're right. No, you're correct. How did you shift for that, man? Because I think people listening in need to learn from that. How did you learn from? How did you decide to be like, you know what? It's okay. It happened. I'm going to focus on what I want. How did you do that? Listen, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you have to be able, this is crazy. And I don't know. I didn't know. <clears throat> I used to play soccer back in the day. And sports is very, very important to any person doing business. Sports might be the most important thing in any businessman's career, any entrepreneur's career. They don't, you wouldn't even put it together of how sports and business together. How does it even work? How do you even look at it? I'll tell you this. You have two parallel lines. You have a coach. You have a manager. You have a boss. You have the franchise owner. You go from the franchise owner down to the manager, general manager, down to the coach, down to the players. How is that any different from Netflix? How is it any different from Amazon? How is it any different from the American government? It's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. It's the same parallel. If the communication doesn't come down from the franchise owner to the manager, to the coach to get the players to play well, how are they going to win? How are we all going to win? So mm -hmm. I, I look at things with the sports mentality notion of if I have the right components in a team, I could win the championship. But guess what? I might win the championship this year and I might win the next year. I'm not going to win it every year because the team has to be moved in places. No sports team is going to win the championship for the next three, four years in a row because it's very competitive. And that's how business is. You have to look at this like, okay, this is where I am now. If I shift this and move this and I move that, maybe that will make the team better for the next year. And mm -hmm. that's, just, just, that's the parallel focus of how I look at Dude, that, that is such a great analogy because, again, I was reading about you and there was something I was like, there's this one point. I'm just going to read this out because I said, this guy, you, is very inclusive as he's uh, the, the show High Heel. Oh, wow. right. All right. Check this out. Damn, you've done some research. Dude, well, I, you know, I, I like to research the people I'm interviewing. You, you really are an exceptional person here. You included Post Malone and Tyga in the in the production. Say, hey, you guys want to be producers? Like, how how is that not inclusive of the people you're working with? I'm like, dude, this this is a different mindset. I love that because it shows that you want to develop these people and grow with them. Tell me about that. That's what I want to do. I want us to all grow together. And if I'm going into another field or I'm going into like, this is what talking high heel is like the first ever production I ever did. This is like, like right now they're shopping it to all of the networks. Um, High Hill is basically the first, for anyone at home, it's like basically the first TV I've ever done. It's like film and television. And I wanted to move into television and start making movies, 
Netflix series, Amazon's, whatever you call it, just the, the, the whole series of, of, of how television is moving and how things are moving today. I, I know I could do it, but it's just like music. It's just like the same thing. Let me master that first. And then after that, I'm going to master the rest or master more. And no one believes you, bro. Even though I've done what I've done with Post Malone, your Tigers, your this, no one believes you, bro. That's like, true. People are, like, people are like, okay, you're going to do TV now. You're going to film your, you're going to make your own TV series. It sounds good, but <laughs> actually doing it. Yeah, it sounds good, but actually doing it. So I just have this very DIY, I call it. In the UK, we call it DIY, do it yourself. Okay. I have this very DIY thing about me in terms of like, okay, tell me, bet against me. I'll show you. So I started building this TV show and started build, putting the components and people around. I bought my own camera. Like, let's start this TV show, the, the pilot, the first, they won't even call it a pilot. Episode one, season one is about 34 minutes. I bought my own Ari Alexa LF camera. <laughs> Dude. I can't use it. No, I don't know how to use it. But I bought my own camera to film my own TV show. I bought the biggest and the best camera in Hollywood and said, you know what? Why am I going to pay a production company for my vision? Why am I going to pay someone else for my vision? I'm going to build my own production team. I'm going to put together all the people in place and whoever I don't have will be working day for hire. We're going to film our own TV show. People are like, what? This sounds crazy. Like, are you sure? I, I, one of my other businesses, I have a, a, a women's shoe line. Like back in the day, I had this. Crazy I was going to bring that up. Cruel yeah, London. So Hill. I won't even talk about High Hill now because I didn't know, like how you're saying, how do you bring all these things together? I have this woman's shoe line that I wanted to break um, before I even met Post Malone. This is since like 2012, 2013, when I first met Post. He met me and he's like, this guy's in music, but he has women's shoes in the trunk. Like, who is this guy? Do <laughs> <laughs> you understand? Like, I had this crazy idea for Women's Hill, for a Women's Hill to be a bullet. And I, it's the same thing, like, it, I visioned it, and yes, I wasn't able to do it before Post Malone blew up, but at the same time, I didn't forget about it. I still developed it. I took time to develop this idea more. If you told me in 2012 that my idea for a women's shoe line called Cruel London was going to end up being the main component in a TV show called High Hill in 2020 that we started filming in 2020, 2021, no, in 2021, no one would have ever imagined that. Like, hold on, you're going to create your own TV show in 2021. It's going to be around the shoe line that you had this idea of before you met these artists. Then you're going to have the artists that you met in the show, producing the show, Tiger acting in the show. I, I don't, I sound so crazy. I just like to use all the accessories and apparatus that I have around me to create a world. And when I was making this TV show, I'm like, okay, you think I can't do it. Music, I've got the music of the TV show. I'll put a post song in the title. Um, actors, oh, Tiger can act. Tiger loves acting too, and he wants to move more into television. I'm going to do, I'm going to have a TV show. I'm going to fly you, we're going to put you on my jet. We're going to fly into Memphis. We're going to film for one to two days and be out. And it sounds crazy. Like some of these things all together sounds like it's a lot, but 
it's all a building process piece by piece that I just bring all different parts of the worlds together into one space. And Dude. that's what makes things, that's what makes things exciting. That's what makes things different. Well, I'll bring components from different things from different parts of the world um, together. And just to answer a question you said earlier, how do I do it? Um, Cause I didn't want to forget that. There's one very important thing that I have in, in me and, I go back to the soccer and the sports and why I said it in the first place. You ever been knocked down? Yeah. I had a hard tackle. You ever been knocked down? You have to get up and dust yourself off. Bro. Yeah. And like, that's the one thing that I think I have different than many. I'm not saying a lot of people don't. The, the winners in this world are the people who fall over, get up, dust yourself off and go again. Yeah. And it sounds so hard. You have to, like, it's, it's tough to have to, get up, dust yourself off and go again because you're hurt, you're in pain, you might have had a bad tackle, you might have went over a speed bump in a road, had to go around three different roundabouts to get to that journey, to get to where you thought was on, on, on the, right, the right road, or you had to veer off and go on a roundabout and take the other exit to get back around to the main street. Get up, dust yourself off and continue. And that's probably what makes me continue to be able to do a shoe line, an artist, TV show, there's that, like, I get knocked back. I've, I've had, like, what you said, how did that situation, how did I win from that situation? Yeah. I felt like I was left out. Bro, I got up and dusted myself off and said, you know what? Stay on, stay on track. Stay on mm -hmm. track. You're not going to score a goal. You're not going to get the basket by looking left and right what other people are doing. Stay like a horse. Mm -hmm. keep, your, keep your eyes focused on your lane and you'll do it. It's like 10,000 hours of anything. It doesn't matter what you do. 10,000 mm. hours. You put in them 10,000 hours of anything. You want to be the best at anything, you got to put them 10,000 hours in. So I put 10,000 hours in, in different spaces and I cannot excel in it until I know I've researched, I've put 10,000 hours of work into it. I will not be a pro at it. It doesn't matter what you do. Post couldn't be a pro on the stage unless he put in over 10,000 hours. I True. couldn't be a pro manager or entrepreneur if I haven't been through over 10,000 hours of falling down, getting up and dusting myself off. Without stuff like this, mm. you, won't, you won't make it today. Like You have to dust yourself off and put them 10,000 hours in yeah. and go again. But you put yourself in that position to be able to get knocked down too. That's the key. Yeah, you have to be vulnerable. I know it sounds crazy. It's like, yeah. a, it's like a relationship with a man or a woman. You have, vulnerable. you have to have some vulnerability. You're not going to go into a business and know everything. You're not going to go in there. And of course, you got to look at the risk. You got to look at so much, but you're not going to just go into something and think, oh, win, 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 win. There has to be a risk factor. And sometimes, yeah. not sometimes, 99% of the time, it's the risk that gets the rewards. So if you didn't take the risk, yeah. you the rewards, the R and R moment, you know. That's so true, man. There was a quote you said that really explains a lot of what you've done here. Now that I'm talking to you, you said you should that you personally you should have an ear for what's best for them. And you were referring to the people that you work with, whether it's Post Malone or Tygo or anybody else. And I can totally see that now. Like when you said, "I'm bringing in Tygo to do the acting." right? I'm bringing in this person over here. It, you would listen. It sounds like you're, you're very involved as an entrepreneur and you're like, let me use the talents that I have because I truly care about these people. Correct. And put them where I think they're going to shine. Correct. 
Correct. That's that's so important as an entrepreneur. I didn't even know it was a skill happening. Like I, I didn't even know this was a skill. I'm being honest. I had no clue that this was a skill because you don't when you're doing it, you're just doing what feels right. So you're right. It's like an ear. I have an ear for and an eye for some things that other people might not see. But we all have that ear and eye. You just gotta tap in. We all have it. We all have it. We all have an entrepreneur. Every American in this country is built with entrepreneurs. America is built, America is like built on nothing but winners. Like no offense to, to my home country, England or Europe, or I know the difference between Europe and America, North America. People in North America were born and grew off of immigration. People come to America to win. Like the American dream is real. Like it's 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 something that really exists. And when you get here, or if you're not here, it doesn't matter. Like the American dream is in everyone. It's hard to explain. It's just something that's that's like this country has this entrepreneurial spirit. Like yeah. and that's why American Americans are the number one buyers, retailers. Like it's you look at the globe and you look at who's the number one source of buying power in the world. It's America. Because you guys, Americans just have this entrepreneurial spirit that no one else has in the world. And all, all Americans can tap into it. It doesn't matter. Like, it's right there for you. It's, the American dream is you waking up every day looking at what's next. It's hard to explain, but it's there. Dude, I, I, that's so true. You bring it. It gets me upset when people tell me I don't know what to do or I'm broke. It's the worst thing I can hear from anyone in this country. It's like, that, you're what? You're aware? You have the internet? <laughs> you live in America? I'm like, yo, you have no excuse to be broke today. You have no, you know what you're doing? You're putting the word in the middle of your life and your daily movement. How can you wake up and think and then think you're going to make any shit happen? You can't, can't, how are you going to wake up and mix in your day and think that you're going to be getting, you're going to be, you're not going to mix and be, never, never, it won't happen. Dre, did you just come up with that? Because that was good, bro. <laughs> no, I did. That was good. Oh, all right, question for you. How do you show your value to the people you want to work with or are trying to win over at the beginning? Like, what, what is that thing that you do that they're like, hey, this, this could possibly work. This guy is on my side. He can help me. Wow, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, to me, the first thing that I think of... Um, is probably um, the first thing I think of. I don't think of anything, bro. If I'm going into something or going in to do business with somebody, I don't know. I just look at, if, when I get into it, it's just, it's all begins with energy. Sounds crazy, but it all begins with energy. My energy for something or for doing business with someone, it, it, it works off of their energy too. You, you can't just, it don't matter how much I like you or how much I want to like you or how much you want to like me. Well, even on a Zoom call, we can all go on the same call, but not everyone's going to have the same energy. That's true. When I come in the room or when like you're saying, how do I know or how do I get to do business with someone? Or how do I, how, okay, how am I going to win this person? No, but I don't need to. Like, we need to win each other over. Like if organically it's meant to come together, I'm not trying to win you over. Like if, when I come on a call or I come on a, a, in a business meeting, we all know why we're there. 
Yeah. And we all know, we all know what we bring to the table. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting here. So I walk into a meeting or someone, someone new, a new endeavor, and I look here like, okay, what are the components here that make all of us win? What are you bringing to the table? What am I bringing to the table? To, to collectively, when we're on this Zoom call, I'm leaving the sake because that's where the, the world is today. Collectively, when we're on this Zoom call, do you have the energy to break? Are you just talking for the sake of talking? Or are you really real? Like when I come on to a call, people know I'm there. It's hard to explain when I, you can't overdo it and you can't underdo it. It's like this middle ground of, okay, Dre's here. If you don't feel like that, when we're going into a business meeting or we're going into a deal, or we're doing something together, then we're in the wrong deal. Like we're doing the wrong thing because if you don't feel that and I don't feel it, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't it's make no, difference, no sense. How did you transition? Last question for you. How did you transition into saying, okay, let me identify talent and bring it into my world and help him grow, specifically Post Malone? I mean, finding him, but you identifying that talent and, and him being okay and saying, I'll work with you, even though he probably didn't even know the ability that yeah, no, he had. He didn't. No, he didn't. It's the truth. He didn't. He had no clue of my ability. I had the clue of his ability because I'm sitting down watching him play the guitar play these different things, but no one knew who he, he had. No one faced that. It was 2014. No one knew who a post Malone was. He didn't, I had like 600 followers. No one was like, I was just excited by what I could see and what I know I was about to see. And it's part of what you said already. It's like, there's just this, this, this vision that I have. And I just said, he's going to, I, you can't say, it. everyone said, oh, this is going to be the biggest business. Oh, this is going to be this. Oh, McDonald's is going to be McDonald's. It's like the two brothers who started McDonald's, they still needed that one person to come in and take it worldwide. And of course, I wasn't the first person to know, oh, Post Malone's this great musician. I wasn't the first person there. I'm sure there was other people around before I got there. I was the first person with a mind of business. Some of the first person that looked at this visionary, like, how are we going to build this into a brand? Mm. How are people going to take this brand seriously? How, when I'm looking at this, so so fun and games, and we can all, like, say this is cool, but who's going to really grip it by the, 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 the scruff of the neck and or put the, the, the what do you call this again? Um, headlock. Who's going to put it in a headlock and, and carry it with you? And kind of like, no, anyone could say what they want, but that's what I did. I looked at Post and I said, I'm going to put Post in the headlock and we're going to go together and we're going to take over the world and no one's stopping me. People thought I was crazy in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, yes. you have an English black guy from England saying that this white guy with braids, with gold teeth, with Alan Iverson braids, I'm telling everyone he's going to be the biggest thing in music. He's going to be the biggest thing in hip hop. <laughs> People looked at me like, who does this English guy think he is? <laughs> These two are crazy. But bro, most things that are crazy, like people thought Amazon was crazy. Yep. Like Berkshire Hathaway, Berkshire Hathaway guy. Uh, what's his name? Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. One of his biggest, biggest regrets was that he didn't invest or get into Amazon in the beginning. He thought Jeff Bezos was crazy. He didn't see how Jeff, how logistically Jeff Bezos was going to make this work. Yeah. So many things look crazy in the beginning. Like people said Einstein was crazy, but like there's just things that, that come together in a certain way that people might think is crazy, but it's not. Like it's 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 looking forward. Like 
the, the kids, how I did High Hill, there was people who thought I was crazy. I was signing these two kids fresh out of USC, um, writing, producing. They, they were fresh. They didn't even graduate because we didn't, you couldn't graduate from school at the time, if that made sense. No one was at school. I took a risk with these two kids to start writing and writing scripts, writing TV shows, just that. Now they're living their dream. A year on, a year, two years on, they're living their dream. They're working with some talents that they couldn't even believe that like, this is talent. Like they're, they're on the phone with Marlon Wayne's writing, talking about um, scripts for Tiger's new idea. Just that. These guys are like, what? A year and a half ago, Dre, we was in school. That's a year and a half later, you believed in us. And all of a sudden, all these things are happening. I can't explain it. People thought I was crazy. You're going to pay yeah. all this kind of money a year to do what? To write what? You've never seen that write before. <laughs> It's hard to explain. You just, it's, there's this, this thing inside you, this gut, like that gut feeling that you have as an entrepreneur that you're going to keep going. Of course I make mistakes. We all do. If I don't make a mistake today, how am I going to learn tomorrow? Like I have to make mistakes. It sounds so crazy, but if I don't make mistakes today, I will not be nowhere tomorrow. Dude, that's it, man. Bro, you, you are super inspiring, by the way. I think I probably got like three or four times in our conversation that I got goosebumps, just heads up. Um, this, this was really good, man. I really appreciate your time. You're going to inspire a lot of people on this. We're going to blast it out to everybody and everybody listening in, do me a favor, follow him on Instagram, follow him just in general, because the guy's making some amazing things happen and check out everything we talked about here because, um, dude, I want to talk to you in a year to see where you're at. <laughs> Me too. I, it's crazy because a year from now, who knows? Not say who knows where I'll be, but I know what's in my brain or where I want to yeah. be. I know where I want to go. People are like, how do you keep going? What keep, what makes you keep going? It's the same notion I told you, God. Dust your, dust your shirt off. To, like, dust your shoulders and like continue. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should be comfortable. You should just know the bills don't wait. The bills continue. <laughs> <laughs> the bills don't tell you, hold on, slow down. You have to be ahead. So like, right. we are trying to always be ahead. And I'm looking at two, three years from now where I want to be. Of course, it looks crazy. It looks like if I told you what's in here and where I want to be, but like maybe a year or two from now, I'll talk to you and be like, hey, remember who was talking? This is what I was thinking. Dude, yes. And it's crazy how I'm here now. Like That's right. Without, without You have to set milestones, goals, landmarks for yourself every day, every week. Like it doesn't matter who you are or what level you are, or where you are in life. Set small goal posts. Set little things that okay, this week I'm gonna put this together. That's gonna put this together that next week. But four weeks go by, and in a month I'm gonna move on somewhere. Every week you have to have this goal post or this landmark or this thing, whatever it is you're doing that helps you go on you need to keep driving like you can't i one thing i hate and i can't stand my staff my team will tell you i hate talking about the same thing continuing continuing mm-hmm. yesterday i had an argument with my staff while i was screaming in here and like everyone suddenly calm down I'm like calm down for what 48 hours we're talking about the same thing what do you mean calm down what do you want me to be calm about 48 hours has passed and we're still talking about the same thing if i'm still talking about the same thing for 48 hours i'm not driving <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not you've slowed me down someone someone or something in this in, in a certain space is slowing me down is it you is it me oh it must be me no it's not me it's you like I, everyone has to continue keep moving if you wake up every day you're not going to continue moving towards your dream or continue moving towards your goal what are you waking up mm-hmm. what are you doing you hear yeah i have a building someone else's dream 
Or you're working towards your own dream. Yeah. You're going to either build someone else's dream or you're going to build your own. And we all have different levels and steps to our dream. So you can help build someone else's dream knowing that it's helping you get towards your dream because that's where my dream, like, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. You can look at music, entertainment, all these things that we're talking about fall into so many different categories of different businesses. It doesn't matter. It's like they could all be used or applied in everything, dude. Things. Everything that you mentioned here, we can apply it everywhere uh, across all different platforms of businesses. So, Dre, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you doing this. And it was it was great. Guys, I love everything you guys do at Success Magazine. I know exactly who you are. I know exactly what you do. I love it. I love it. And I, it's been a pleasure that someone even thinks I'm successful. To do well, successful. dude, you <laughs> are. You're, you're fun to interview. You're a great guy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.